Welcome to the SaaS Sales Performance Podcast, the show for anyone wanting to be on the cutting edge of SaaS tech sales. We provide the tools you need to take advantage of the rapidly changing sales environment. We bring you the leading experts on the front lines of SaaS sales and distill down our famous masterclasses into bite-sized practical tips. Your hosts will be Ash Ali and Matt Milligan. And on this podcast, we'll be helping you transform your ability to sell more so you can smash your targets. Hey everyone, and welcome to a pretty special episode of the SaaS Sales Performance Podcast. The following is the first extract from our annual roundtable discussion on a range of key sales topics. Today, we feature a conversation on culture. Our experts touch on the practicalities of how to foster culture in sales, how to integrate your culture in your hiring process, and how to use your culture to upskill employees. Today's experts are Anup Kira of SMARP, Natasha Dadlani of MNI, Enrique Aragao of G2, Paul Taufs of Salesforce, and Ollie Sharp of Salesloft. So with no further ado, here is our roundtable discussion on culture. Let's look ahead to culture, which has obviously been a big word, came up really strongly in the report that we put together back in January. Enrique, I'm going to turn to you for this one. As someone who put together, you know, assembled a team pre-pandemic before everything went virtual, and then obviously had that period of the last 12 months, how have you thought about fostering culture in recent weeks and months? And what are you proactively doing in that area? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really difficult to put a finger on, you know, what is culture? What does it represent? Is it us feeling good about the people we work with? Is it having a fun work environment? Is it having an environment based on trust? When I think about culture, I always think about our company values and how we all live those values and how we all relate to each other around those values. So for us at G2, our key values are performance, entrepreneurial spirit, authenticity, and kindness. And I think that we've all tried to sort of focus on those throughout the time that we've been apart. Yes, we doubled the team during the pandemic. So I actually only ever got to meet about half of the current team that we have at G2 in person. But here's what I think was interesting about culture. Obviously, we're not in the same environment together, but as people joined the company, what was really unique about the onboarding experience is that normally when you have a ramp up period as a new joiner, you'd probably be put in a room or a few key meetings with a few key people. And that's basically your onboarding experience, right? And then it's whoever else you happen to connect with in the office and sit next to you and so on and so forth. What's been really interesting in terms of growing a team during this remote working environment has actually been that we've actually managed to create opportunities for people to connect virtually, but get to know one another in a whole new way, right? Because it's much easier to just set up a Zoom call. So whereas before you would have had perhaps exposure to three people on your onboarding experience, now in our team, you probably get exposure to about 10 or 15 people, right? And so what that's done is it's actually created a much bigger number of connections between people in the team that in person will never have been possible. And what was really interesting is that we actually had a get together, outdoor get together a couple of weeks ago, which was the first time that about 30 or so people managed to actually meet in person for the first time. I don't know if others on the call have had the same experience, but it was so cool that actually, you know, when you meet someone in person, but you already know them, it's a really weird experience. And obviously you spend about 20 minutes talking about how high or how short everyone is, but It's been amazing to just realize how connected and close you get to people, even though you've never met them in person. So I think that the whole digital experience and being remote has actually really helped us from a cultural perspective, because whereas in the previous world, you would have spent like six months until you actually met someone or got to know someone. Now, that time that it takes to meet everyone is like compressed so much. And so I think it's been really positive. 
I'm curious to hear what others think as well, but for us, it's been a really positive experience. Yeah, keen to move it over to you, Ollie. there. I mean, culture is a word that you talk about so often and, and I know other people look up to the way that you foster culture at Salesloft. Anything to share on, on that topic? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think that it's the companies that cared about culture before lockdown are the ones that are probably winning now. Culture isn't something you turn to when the shit hits the fan. It's something you do before that and it helps you get through the tough times. And I think that's really important. What we've seen is... I mean, we went into lockdown with around 10 people and now when we're up to full headcount, we'll be about 70. So we've had a lot of growth throughout this time and the amount of comments we've had of feeling more welcome and more included in the team here than they have in other organisations, even though they've not met people face-to-face has been brilliant. It's been very humbling. As I say, culture gets you through the tough times and it's making sure that you do it in advance rather than how do we build culture when we're remote. That's tough. Do it before. Anything to build on that from you, Anoop? I know you've gone through a similar experience. I completely agree with Ollie. I think as a business, and we're a smaller business, even though we've got a global footprint, but I think that was already ingrained in our people, that culture and that culture that starts from everyone from the, the CEO down to the person on the ground that's going out there every day. And if I'm honest, that's really helped us because that's continued to be almost at the center of everything we've done through this pandemic. And that's helped us on the highs and the lows. And we've all been there through this. Um, Imagine that first quarter when it happened, the kind of shock quarter, as I would call it, and then the readjustment, but having those close relationships throughout the business, being able to rely on your colleagues, not just from a work environment, but even if it's a virtual chat where we can meet on people having tough days has really helped us pull through. And when I kind of compare that to some, some companies I've seen where, let's say, the culture has maybe not has been as strong, we've actually seen high levels of staff attrition because it was that element when it first happened where people were like, oh, I don't want to move organization right now because it's so unstable. And people have started to adjust to the way we are working. We're really lucky because whether it's a new, bo- a new person coming on board or someone that's been here for a while, those close connections are spending the time and that culture from the quick conversation to the organized company event online has really helped us pull through. And it's actually, if I'm honest, seen us kind of grow, not from just a people standpoint and attract more people into the business, but also from a performance standpoint as well. So uh, yeah, massively agree that having a good culture is, is fundamental anyway, but been more so important in the current climate. For those new hires who are joining remotely now, thinking about ramp times, and Natasha, I know that you've onboarded a number of new hires during this period. How have you seen ramp times change? You know, have they slowed and, and what have you been doing to kind of help correct that? Yeah, so thanks, Matt. We've hired about eight people during the last year of, of the pandemic. And I think the keystone for us of a successful onboarding, something that's really helped, is actually hiring in pairs hiring two sales reps at the same time. That's made a huge difference because obviously even virtually they're going through something together. They've got someone to connect with that's going through exactly the same experience that they're going through, someone that's in it with them. And there's also a healthy level of competition there as well. So we've really seen that been a good part of virtual onboarding and the process that we've undertaken. I think the other thing is the extreme accessibility, uh, both of the wider team and obviously of their direct managers, You know whether that's having an open line during the day for people to drop into or a WhatsApp group so people can really quickly communicate or ask quick questions, really encouraging that. And I think the other thing is encouragement and milestones. 
So especially if you're starting your sales career and you're a new joiner, or even when you're joining as a more experienced rep, knowing and understanding and being able to benchmark yourself in terms of your performance is much easier when you're all obviously in the office together. So having a very structured training and onboarding program in our business, we've got a structured monthly accreditation process building on sales skill sets and opportunities to give feedback so they can see how they're progressing, not only against their KPIs, but also in terms of their wider development and their skill sets has been really important so that they know the path that they're on and how they're progressing and developing within the business. I think that really helps that structure is more important than ever for new joiners. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, Paul, in that light, you know, you've moved on to a a slightly different product set, a new team. What types of skills are you seeing have become more valuable in this remote sales world? I think one kind of trait that I've probably noticed that's definitely been heightened since lockdown has been kind of accountability and ownership. So Whereas we had a culture that largely exists of people seeing each other on a regular basis, being in the office, or whether we were seeing each other socially or QBRs, there was an awful lot of knowledge share or delegation across the team of different people helping everybody out. And whilst that still very much happens, and you could argue that it happens more frequently in terms of people wanting to offer help, certainly to new starters, I think to Natasha's point, I think those who are now taking responsibility for their success knowing that they don't necessarily have the flexibility that they had before around bouncing off ideas with other people across the desk from them, things like that, or being able to network across the wider Salesforce organization with as much ease as perhaps we did previously. I think those who have really kind of shone are those who have just gone and made it happen and adjusted quickly and not allowed external factors to slow them down. And that's been really, really impressive to see those people grow and develop and really take ownership. And I think that's a trait that we're seeing more and more of now. And something that I certainly look for is that as much as we're a team, we operate as a team and and, and we work really closely, do we have members of the team who are able just to go off and really drive their own success? That really is kind of differentiating the top performers in our business versus everybody else. So it's something that I've got a heightened focus on in terms of my hiring to see people who have perhaps done that before or certainly have the, uh, the characteristics to do that moving forward. Yeah. And speaking of those characteristics and competencies that we're looking for in our salespeople, Enrique, I know you've done some tremendous work over at G2 establishing that. I mean, any learnings that you can share in terms of what's working well, providing that structure for your team? Yeah, I guess like I'm two and a half years into the business now. So we have a lot of people who are with us now for two plus years. And I do think that anyone in any role, two years is kind of an inflection point, right? It's enough time to master a role and prepare yourself for the next thing. Or sometimes it's a point where you stop and reevaluate why things aren't moving as quickly as you'd like. And so we've got to a point now where we've kind of taken a lot of ownership as a regional business unit around career paths, around career development plans, around the skills and competencies that I need to master in order to do my job really well. And then also the skills and competencies that I want to learn in order to do the next jobs that interest me. And so we've done all of this off the back of understanding one key concept, which is every great salesperson is gonna be great for different reasons, right? Some people are gonna be great salespeople because they're great prospectors. Others because their key strength is closing. Others because their key strength is building trust and adding value to client relationships. So I think the biggest mistake we can make as leaders is somehow thinking that there is this cookie cutter, you know, these are the skills that I need somebody to be really good at to be a great SMB account executive or a great uh, enterprise account manager. 
And so at G2, we've, we have built these competencies, but we've made it very clear that you don't need to take all the boxes to be great at your role. And so we've built that out globally with our enablement team. And then obviously we're working with you guys at UHubs to ensure that we can take a pulse every three months or so, both from the individuals and from their managers about how they are doing against those competencies. But then also very crucially, mapping those competencies that they perhaps don't see as strengths, but they want to develop to a series of programs and learning tracks, which might be anything from individual self-guided learning, learning through one of our external training partners, content providers, coaching from their manager or other people in the business. And, and that is how really we're sort of building our team for scale for the next three years, but also all the while giving everyone in the company a sense of direction, purpose around where they can take their career. So that's kind of what we're doing at the moment. It's still kind of early days because we just hit that inflection point, as I was saying, but I'm very excited to see where this leads us. You touched there as well, Enrique, on the importance of managers and those you know leading the teams in the trenches. Oli, is there anything that you've done, you know, you've recently brought some managerials into the team. I mean, have you been more proactive and hands-on with them than you perhaps would have been if you were in an office environment? I've been lucky enough to hire managers that don't need that so much. And I think that when you're growing at a speed, it's important to take somebody that's probably right for the level up from where you take them. And we did it with customer success. I've done it with Marcus, who's managing the commercial team. I mean, he could probably go for my job. And it just means that I can hand a team over and just go, okay, can you handle this? He needs support on fitting into our company of how we do stuff. But I know I can trust him. And this is what I did with Tash on the customer success side as well. And I think that's really important for us. I was managing all the people directly until I got a line of management, still managing the enterprise reps. And I'm looking for an enterprise manager now. But my next hire that is a manager under Marcus, then we'll have someone that needs a bit more development. But for me, it's been imperative. And one of the reasons why I think we are being more successful by taking somebody that I can hand it to to handle rather than worry about them and how I need to develop them. Anup, coming to you there, have you found that the sales manager role has become more difficult for them, You know, more susceptible to blind spots when they're not so close to the team? So yeah, when I look at that, Matt, I think, first of all, from my standpoint, again, a bit like Holly, it's like you have to hire the right people and relinquish a level of responsibility if you if you want to scale. I'd probably use the term sales leaders is what I kind of look for as opposed to sales managers, because ultimately we're going to be hiring smart people all throughout the business with the kind of motto of like, let smart people kind of do their job, but upskill, coach and develop where you can. And that's at all levels of the business. So for my actual leaders, I think, it has been, I would say, tougher in certain regions. For example, the US was, was quite big anyway, so they were kind of used to remote kind of coaching and interactions with their teams. The UK team, for example, they're used to being close together and in an office, and that did have an element of impact, especially when you're, you can't be on every call as a sales leader. Okay, So you have to pick the right ones where you can coach on, and it becomes quite difficult to do that all day and almost then potentially suffer from Zoom fatigue on being on back-to-back calls. So yeah, it's been tough. That being said, putting into place coaching plans for individuals, which my leaders do on a quarterly basis about compiling a coaching plan to identify what's best for the reps and, and where we upskill. Obviously using you guys at UHubs as well to help us identify and give some of that time back to our leaders by doing the poll surveys and, and kind of getting a check, but also kind of testing on the stuff that's 
sometimes harder to detect. And that could be around the motivational elements for some of the, the reps out there. So putting in a number of practices and, and the last one, which we, we kind of put and the leaders are doing right now in order to help the teams is we just launched a, a sales academy. And this is twofold. One, because we've hired new people. How can we upskill people to a certain standard very, very quickly in a, in a nice, fun way and that they get accredited for being able to pass certain parts of whether it's a good demo or a good first call deck and then being able to use that in conjunction with the coaching plans. But yeah, look, it, it takes time, but I'd rather my leaders spend time with their people and upskill that way than on some of the administrative tasks that leaders are forced to do. By uncovering blind spots on performance, motivation, and skills, UHubs helps busy sales leaders at top SaaS companies to optimize their sales enablements so that they can develop reps and grow revenue. The UHubs Pulse platform visualizes each team's development needs, personalized upskilling, and provides data-driven coaching recommendations. These save sales managers 40 plus hours per quarter and help reps to ramp up 30% faster. Supercharge your sales team by booking a demo today.